What is up, everybody? Thank you all for joining me in the latest Mordcast, part of the CSG Network. I'm, of course, your host, Jeff Morton. Okay, the Nuggets had media day. Um, a lot of things, well, I wouldn't say a lot of things happened. It was actually a pretty ho-hum media day. Um, I wasn't there. This was the first time I wasn't at a media day since 2011, which is weird to think about, considering I wasn't paid. Um, but anyway, there is a... There is there is one particular thing I want to talk about, and I, I kind of tend to set aside what players say if there's not a dispute going on or if there's not a double meaning. Um, most of these Nuggets players are going to tell you that, you know, our goal is to win, we want to play better like Michael Porter Jr. He says, I want to be an all-star. Um, and obviously these are admirable things that we want players to achieve. We want them to play the best they can within any stricture that they've got. Um, it's going to be hard for MPJ to be an all-star considering his role in this team is, is, is not to stand out. Um, and I think that that part is going to be something that plays itself out over time with this Denver Nuggets team um, and maybe into the future and how this Nuggets team is able to improve. Um, to me, and, and usually, and everyone who's heard CSG for the last, I don't know, since I've been running it by myself, so 2017, knows that I have a certain view on what is said and it's always front office related um because i believe that is where you get the message for the year um the players could say whatever they want to say and you know malone can say whatever he wants to say too but he can only control what he can control on the court he can't control the moves that are made so i was very curious to see uh what josh Cronkey and calvin booth had to say in their uh their and they were the first ones to talk. Um, they're part of media day. And I'll be honest with you. Um, as people have heard, as I have gone through this off season, um, I have been warning people that the nuggets see themselves as the Spurs. And in that way, they want to, they're not as concerned about, uh, repeating, um, one of the reasons I always have, a, I've had a hard time with the San Antonio Spurs in the Duncan era was that there, there was never a dynastic aspect to the closest they came was between 2003 and 2007 when they won uh, in 2003, 2005 and 2007. Um, I, I have a hard time counting that 99 title because that was maybe the worst year of basketball in the history of basketball. And there was only 50 games played in, a, in four, 50 games played in three and a half months. It was terrible basketball. It, it certainly that Spurs team was not as good as the 03 Spurs team that won the title. Um, and they benefited from Jordan retiring and the season being so wonky and playing an eight seeded Knicks team that was missing their best player. And it, it, there, there's just a lot of circumstances that lead me to mentally discount that 99 title, uh, for the Spurs. But from 2003 to 2000, the dynastic aspect of, of the Spurs, if you can call it that was their every other year titles from 2003 to 2007. And that part is, is 
it's hard for me to call that a dynasty because in between there, 2004, the uh, the even the um, the, uh, the 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 Detroit Pistons from 2004 to 2005 went to the finals twice in a row. The Spurs never managed to do that, which was one of the more interesting parts of the Spurs run. The Spurs were were never a repeat team. The closest they came was at the very tail end of the Duncan era when he was still a viable player, which was 13 and 14 when they went to the uh, went to the um, the, the the finals and won the title in 2014. Um and that was, and, and and I always say that the 2014 Spurs, very specifically, were an anomaly. No one played like them before, and no one has played like them since. Um, that that Spurs team was uh, completely, maybe the biggest anomaly in the history of uh, of the NBA. Um, I've yet to find a a team that ever played exactly like that Spurs team because subsequently you got the run of the Gold State Warriors winning in 15, losing in 16, winning in 17 and 18, losing in 19 and then winning again in 2022. And the four titles that the the uh the uh, the the Golden State Warriors won is actually more in line with tradition in the NBA. From 15 to 16, 17, 18. Uh, and then they, they went to the finals in 19. There's a five-year run here um, where the, 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 the Warriors ended up being going over and over and over again to the title. The Spurs never did that. Now, there has been a ton of excuses made for the, some of the approaches made at that time, specifically... We are small market. No one wants to live here. We can't get free agency. Which that's always been an excuse because, like, look, I, the, the 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 Spurs never had issues attracting role players who wanted to just title uh, to uh, gravy t- train for a title. Um, what is very different with the Nuggets is that there's no gravy trainers on this team. The guy that was here last year, DeAndre Jordan is here and he is a valued part of the team. He's not necessarily a gravy trainer. I am very surprised that there was no attempts to get a a gravy train vet or if there was uh, a um, lack of desire to come to the Nuggets. Those are two things that we do not know the answer to. I suspect that the Nuggets never offered their taxpayer mid-level. I think that was always destined to be designated towards Reggie Jackson, um, which is another question that I will address in the second half. So with all those questions being, you know, floating around, the Calvin Booth and Josh Kroenke talked, and the, the word that made me cringe was the word sustainability. Um... And then Josh Kroenke talked about the limitations of the modern NBA and the way that the cap is structured now. Um, I'm going to be honest with you, uh, that made me shiver a bit because that is um, that is indicating to me that there is some kicking the can down the road going on with the Nuggets. Some may think this is a viable strategy. 
I tend to think that with a player such as Nikola Jokic, where there is zero guarantee that uh, he will uh, play 20 years like Tim Duncan. In fact, I can I think there's an almost 100% certainty he won't uh, in the particularly in the NBA because you know Jokic doesn't like a lot of the things that make Americans. Uh, in the way the NBA approaches things, he just doesn't like it. He goes home. He he's happy in Serbia. He wants to be home. Um, these are things that are one hundred percent part of his personality. So the Nuggets kind of uh, indicating they wanted to be something sustainable is has a loaded word. That is a very loaded word because it was done in reference to the lack of moves the Nuggets made outside of the draft this year. And the Nuggets are go- are heading into this season with I think what what is unprecedented in uh in any era I can think of where a defending title team will be coming onto its roster with a guaranteed contract with five guaranteed contracts for rookies or second year players and a potential sixth one. I don't know uh, if I've ever seen that happen with a team that should be having aspirations to repeat, which I'm going to get to get to that in the second half. I do wonder if that is even a goal at all with the Nuggets front office. As far as the players go, they can only play the way they can play. Uh, Nikola Jokic uh, was given basically the summer off. Nuggets left him alone, as Josh Kroenke said. Um, and he spent his time enjoying life in Serbia. Um, and it, it, you know, that's the, I think to be honest with you, he deserved it. Uh, he's been, he had to carry a lot on this team. And I think he's finally was finally got to blow off steam. So that's fine. Um, but with the other players, I think of the players who spoke, the one that impressed me by far the most was, uh, Michael Porter Jr., who you can tell, you know, Mike's a thoughtful guy, whether you agree with his thoughts or not, which I 90% of the time, I'm like, what are you doing, dude? But he at least thinks about things. And, you know, you can tell he's putting a lot of thought into his game and what he has his own ambitions for for this next year. Um, Another guy who always impresses me is Aaron Gordon. I think those two guys really kind of get the NBA thing. Now, I don't. I think Jamal a little less. Jamal's extremely competitive, and I think that really um, helps him as far as his position. But one of Jamal's biggest issues is Jamal is uh, is extremely inconsistent in the regular season, and this has been his thing. I mean, this is his seventh year. Um, this has been his thing throughout his time in in the league it was sixth seventh yeah seventh year um so the obviously jamal is is a is gonna have to have something to prove coming into the year but the biggest questions are not with the players who the nuggets already have been counting on and the nuggets uh went in a curious direction this year. And this is why I was so interested in Josh Kroenke and Calvin Booth talking prior to the, um, and it was notable to me that Josh Kroenke spoke. Josh usually doesn't talk of these things. He usually talks at the end of the year. Uh, him talking at the beginning of the year is notable. 
um, uh, Calvin sitting there. I mean, it's just, uh, I'm not going to make an implication here. I just think it's notable that Josh was there. He's usually not there to be giving interviews at the beginning of the year. I would have thought that it would be Tommy, Tommy Balsettis, but uh, that's going to be a subject for another time. So second half of the podcast, we're going to be talking about the Nuggets approach and her, their, their Spursian attempt to build a quote unquote sustainable success. What does that mean? And what does that mean for the Nuggets this season? We'll be talking about that right after the break. Sustainability can be code for a lot of different things. Um, you know, there, there, there's also the, the Tim Connolly, we don't skip steps thing, um, which people grabbed onto kind of like the process in Philadelphia out here in Denver, the, you know, we don't skip steps, um, thing. And then, which, you know, it's, it's, it's fine. I think what my concerns go from fielding a roster with this much youth on it and having it to try to repeat. Those two things are not congruent. They're not things that make sense together. They don't rest easy together. And if you read between the lines, folks, the Nuggets are telling us beforehand that repeating isn't necessarily, at least in the front office's point of view, part of their drive. Okay? Which is, to me one of the most concerning things. Um, people don't understand me when I say this, but I don't like punting. I don't like punting on years. And this seems like a punt. This seems like a, we're going to develop the young guys here uh, and record be damned. And that and, and competing in the playoffs be damned because what I mean, obviously, if these guys show out enough, they can get increase as their value as a trade asset, and then they could be flipped, right? This is a dangerous game to play with a team that should be all out for competing for another title. You know, the interesting thing about the the uh, the Cronky Sports Empire, which all have run uh, the three major sports that they own, the Rams, the uh, the uh, Avalanche and the Nuggets all have won titles in the previous three years. So obviously there is this, there is this notion of, of they know, know what it's, what it takes to win. And obviously they do for these individual titles, but the problem is none of these entities have been able to repeat none. The Rams went to the Super Bowl in 2019 didn't get back until 2020, January 2022. The Avs won last year and had a down year the next year. The Nuggets are are in a position where they lost Bruce Brown. And Jeff Green, I'm not going to con- in, in, you know, include in this because I don't think, I mean, as good, good as Jeff Green was in spots, his presence is not exactly the reason for any concern for the Denver Nuggets. Uh, it is strictly Bruce Brown, who was uh, Michael Malone's omni-tool. He was the guy who 
basically ran the second unit and then was able to be plugged into the first unit and with you know the defense and all this stuff he really was he was his manu ginobili without all the euro steps and and and, uh, offensive skills he was that guy for michael malone and the nuggets went in and gave the taxpayer mid-level exception and a player option to reggie jackson and behind Reggie Jackson, there is a Justin Holiday who is of the Holiday brothers, not as good uh, as his brother, and uh, a whole bunch of rookies and second-year players. And it's what's behind Holiday, and I don't even know how how on, big on the depth chart Justin Holiday is going to be. To be honest with you, I don't, I don't know. It's, uh, Reggie Jackson. According to Calvin Booth, will feature heavily in this, which is concerning in itself, considering he has not been good for about three years now since the bubble, basically. Um, so obviously that is going to be a that's going to be something to watch. But what it says is that the Nuggets are counting heavily on these these this incredibly young back end between and obviously Vlako Chanchar is is injured. So they're going to be counting on Julian Strother, Jalen Pickett, Hunter Tyson, Christian Brown and uh call you know maybe even Colin Gillespie who knows uh and Peyton Watson. They are all being counted on extremely heavily. And that that part is something that we as nuggets fans need to take a serious look at in order to get these guys to either improve as an asset or better as players and contribute they have to be played you can't what if it on a, on this you 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 know it's like with any sort of I hate calling players assets I hate it and everyone who's listened to this know this but I'm going to use this word just in this scenario in order for this asset to improve you have to see them so the nuggets will 100% be relying on aside from Christian Brown who obviously proved it last year Peyton Watson Hunter Tyson uh Strother Pickett bunch of guys who we have no data on and will have to play in order to improve their value. And that is a precarious position to be in if you are trying to repeat. And that is what I'm going to focus on here, folks, to repeat. It is going to be hard if you are relying on such youth. And make no mistake, folks, the Nuggets are relying on this youth they are relying heavily on this youth they need these guys to play well if they are going to compete and this is where the rub for me comes in coming back to the word sustainability the way in the context this was used it makes me see think that the nuggets aren't 100 convinced that they're going to try and compete for a title this year uh and that part frustrates me 
Um, now, obviously, this is me reading between the lines. So anyone who's listening to this right now can, you know, throw their podcast catcher, uh, you know, or uh, device or whatever across the room and get angry at me. But it just concerns me because obviously there are financial constraints, but they gave their taxpayer mid-level to Reggie freaking Jackson. Okay. I don't want to hear that shit. I don't want to hear that shit. Do not tell me about financial constraints when you gave the taxpayer mid-level to Reggie Jackson. Okay. So within this kind of frame, the Nuggets are hoping beyond hope, beyond all hope, that these rookies turn into championship-level players extremely quickly. Quicker than you will normally encounter. And that part of the deal is where you kind of find where I'm at right now. I can't square these things. I can't square the approach with the ambition. And that is where it's going a little wonky for me. I don't, I don't see how those two things mesh together. I don't see how you can do one thing and still do another. They don't rest easily with each other. The, 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 ask the, you need to develop these players. Yes, they're older players and they're, and they're players who spend time in college, but you still need to develop them to NBA level stuff. How do you develop them and still have ambitions to repeat? And that's where I keep coming back to. I don't think the Nuggets, and based on the way they used sustainability, I don't think the Nuggets are into into that. But the problem is rookies and second-year players usually take a couple of years to develop to championship-level players. So how long are the Nuggets anticipating to wait for this? Where is this wait going? Where do they think that these players that they drafted will take them in a year where they should be trying to repeat. Obviously, you have the Phoenix Suns who uh, are, are now deep into the second apron and have Brad Beal, Devin Booker, and Kevin Durant. On the other side of that, you've got, on the Eastern Conference, you've got Milwaukee who just traded for Dame Lillard. You've got... Uh, the Boston Celtics who just traded for Drew Holiday. Um, you've in the back to the West, you got the Lakers still. You know, there's all these things that people are improving around you. The Nuggets account are counting on a, a weird mix of extreme youth and players who've been here for seven years, who won you a championship last year. And those two things don't fit easily. It puts a lot of pressure on Michael Malone to make it work. It puts it puts the veterans in a place to where they have to work extra hard. And it's and it's weird to say this considering that, you know, obviously they ostensibly have Reggie Jackson to quote unquote replace Bruce Brown. Obviously, the Nuggets are not as deep as they were. And that is where this this it's not exactly a house of cards, but this this notion that they have to to try to do both is 
it, it reminds me of what the Golden State Warriors tried to do with uh, a couple of years ago with the two timelines thing. Only the Nuggets are trying to do it with role players who are old, old role players who were drafted, basically. And that part is, I don't know how you, 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 you square that. I, I just don't. I don't know how you look at this and look at that and come to a conclusion other than the fact that the Nuggets are likely going to take a step back this year. They'll still be good because they got the, the MVPs. They got the MVP, excuse me, and they got Jokic. They got, they, got, they got Murray. They've got Porter, and they've got Gordon. And um, obviously they're saying that that is going to be enough to get them to the playoffs, but I don't necessarily, for me, from my angle and the way I look at this, it doesn't look like they're that interested in repeating. The players are. But is the front office? Don't know. Based on what the way they've approached this offseason, I, I just am not convinced. And I think that part is where we, as people who are observing the Denver Nuggets, have to watch. If the Nuggets go into this year and they're struggling to incorporate a bevy of, of rookies who are ostensibly going to be on the bench, what is... What what do we how do we look at that if they're struggling or do we say oh well we'll just we'll just sit back this year and let the young guys cook or will we say like the Nuggets needed to do something to compete because in my view and this is just my view the way you have to approach a title window is maximize your title window because it shuts so quickly yes the financial constraints are there. But once again, I come back to this. You gave Reggie Jackson the taxpayer mid-level. You didn't have to. So what the Nuggets are doing is both fascinating and frustrating. And actually, I'm glad Josh Kroenke and Calvin Booth said what they said at the at the uh, media day because it clarifies exactly what the Nuggets approach is this year. And it doesn't make it something that will be able to successfully come to reality but it clarifies what they meant and i'm fascinated to see how it goes all right thank you all for joining me on the latest mortcast i'll be back soon with another episode goodbye